Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. We're going deep today and we're going to have a conversation about our inner worlds. My brand new friend, Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jackie. I love that you just make friends on the internet. You watch a few videos of someone, you hear them speak, you're like, they're my person. So I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Me too. It's And that's exactly what it was, is we have so many mutual friends who kept saying your name and, hey, you need to meet, et cetera. And we found ourselves in the same um, mastermind group. And that was what where we originally were like, okay, let's hop on each other's podcasts. Let's have these conversations that we know we need to have. Because the minute I looked at your content, I was like, okay, a woman who wants to do the deep inner work on self so that she can show up authentically for business, family, relationships, et cetera, is my kind of girl. And what I loved about what I see about how you show up as your brand is you don't fuck around. You say what needs to be said. You say it in a way that really delivers the message. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to say, I see that. And I'm grateful for that because I need that interruption more times than not. I, well, I'm sure we'll get to how I got there, but thank you. Yeah, you bet. Before we kick off into story and then allow this conversation to unfold, a couple of rapid fire questions that just get our people to know you a little bit better. Perfect. Cool. Where's home now? Where do you live? Where are you from? So I'm in Ontario in Windsor, right across the kind of river from Detroit. Uh, and I've been here my whole life. You're a Windsor native. You, you are yes. from Windsor. Yes. Um, I love I to know. travel and we love to travel and it's a really good home base. And I'm sure once we get into story, I'll figure out why I never left. But um, yeah, that's where we're at. And my mom love lives it. with us. 
Incredible. Okay. Favorite book, something that you put in the hands of everyone. Um, the first thing that always comes to my mind is, oh Lord, it's off. I'm like, my brain is fried right now. I'm going to start my lady gift. I call it in like 24 hours and my brain. Mm, is. I just started mine right now. So we're syncing up already. We sync it. Um, (laughs) the leader who had no title by Mm. Ram Sharma. Um, it was a really big, it made a big impact in my life and I don't know why, but it was just one of those fables that I read. It's a quick read, um, on like how to show up and be a leader. And I think too often our egos are in play of like, I need to get the title or start a business or do all these things, but you can really change some people's lives just by how you show up. Even if you don't have a big title. So true. So true. Although I'm not going to lie. We'll talk about it as we go. I chased a title. I chased the damn title and then I realized where the importance really was, or I'm still realizing where the important was. All right. We'll dive into that one a little bit more. And then a mentor that has helped shape philosophy perspective, helped you see things that you couldn't see clearly yourself. Um, I want to say a lot of men in my life, ironically, um, I've been asked this question a a few times and then I think about hired support that I've had or mentor in the sense of like, not an informal mentor, but I will tell you one, it was my firstborn child Mm. who is a boy. Second one is my husband. Mm. Both trigger the crap out of me and have, and support me deeply. And, um, I wouldn't be the person I am today without them. Mm, beautiful. Let's pull up that a little bit and hear more of your story. How did you get to the space you're playing in today? Talk us through a little bit of your story and the journey to get here. Yeah. Um, I've always been a rebel. I would say I identified as a rebel growing up. Um, but I didn't know that that's what was quote unquote wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in school, I did not perform well academically. Um, I grew up with, well, my, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. And so I grew up around business ownership, but never had a desire to run a business mainly because what I was observing, uh, was like their whole identity was around the business and there was no time for family. Mm. And so as a woman, I was like, okay, if I'm going to raise a family, how can I do both? That's not sustainable. Fast forward. I become a mom when I'm 18 years old, single, Um, and everyone around me was kind of like, yeah, she's not going to amount to nothing. Like that was the expectation, um, barely past high school and severely depressed. Um, and my quote unquote drug of choice at the time was sleep. So outwardly I was the, the responsible one. I mothered my mother and, uh, we can get into that, but hence why she, not why she lives with me now, but I was the responsible one, had to grow up super quick. And then I become a mom and I have to grow up really quick. But what happened at that time was I looked at my son and I thought, I don't want to become a statistic. And I never want him to feel the way that I felt as a child, which was incredibly anxious. Mm. I did not realize I was, uh, I'm, I'm like, I don't like labels, but I would say I was empathetic and, um, highly sensitive introverted, did not know any of these things about myself. So I just want to sleep it off. My body would shut down. And I was like, why would I 
do this work? Why, why, why? Questioner, big thinker, visionary. Why, why would I do that? That's so boring. That's not going to get me from A to B. Like, why would I do that? Be a good girl, just do the work, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to because that makes no logical sense to me. So you fail when you do that in the academic world. But motherhood. Okay, Heather, you cannot fuck this up. You fuck this up. You have failed at a primal level of being a mother. So you're going to do the opposite of what you do. So I go to university with no university credits, by the way, from high school. So I slipped my way in there, finagled my, the way into the system. <clears throat> so I, I always find it comical when parents are like, my children are failing and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, they could still get into university, even if they barely passed high school. My point of this is I get the education. I become a social worker. I get check the box of the pinnacle social work job. And I'm sitting there going like my soul is slowly leaving my body. And there is no way that I can sustainably do this for 30 plus years, like internally. But I can't say that externally because if I do, I'm shamed. And I'm, I'm told by doctors therapists, and all the people that I'm seeking support and told to seek support from, suck it up, buttercup. This is motherhood. This is life. That was when I realized I had a gift or interest or passion for seeing and understanding children's behavior. And I could see a child that I was working with and how all the other adults around them were labeling them and judging them. And I'm like, guys, their behavior, their emotional behavior is telling you something. Mm. So I started teaching meditation and mindfulness, literally having my son's friends, parents drop their kids off at lunchtime at my house, like knocking on the door in like desperation. So I'm like, there's something here. So I left my job. Actually, I started startup my business first, then left. Third son comes around, breastfeeding. Finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself this year. And then I sign the dotted line. I'm officially leaving my job. I'm in startup, gaining momentum, coaching, teaching, doing whatever the heck I need to do, throwing noodles at the wall to make money, focused on revenue generating activities. Six I say six weeks, I believe it was either six weeks or six months because my brain has tried to forget. Um, after I was diagnosed, after leaving, signing the dotted line, I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. Mm. So I'm in startup. My youngest is a year old and I'm like WTF. We're in a financial survival state, meaning like I didn't even have the basic insurance because nobody like knocked on my door saying, you know, you should probably get critical illness insurance, not just life insurance. And I had no idea what that was. So we had nothing. So I didn't have the privilege of not working. So I worked through treatment from my hospital bed, doing calls uh, while taking care of my children and allowing other people to support me, learning rapid fire, like receiving, growing all the things fast forward. That was 10 years ago, healthier than I've ever been. And I'm working with these women, helping them with their children's behavior, seeing, understand their kids' behavior. Fast forward. I hear things like Heather, I don't have time to implement this. I'm burning out. I hate my life. My marriage is falling apart. My health, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, hey, that's not what you paid me for. So 
then I'm like, oh, ladies, we have to stop dying to be good, dying to be good mothers, dying to be good bosses, dying to be good leaders, dying to be good friends, pleasing all the things. How do you want to feel in your life? Now let's reverse engineer that. Let's help our kids, but help ourselves too. Let's co-create so we feel alive and aligned. Then guess what happens? I'm doing this. People are seeing results and they're like, guess what? I'm also a business owner or I'm a leader as well in my corporate job. And, oh, I just got promoted. Oh, I'm working less. Oh, um, my team is thriving. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, great. Why? Because I have changed how I lead. And so it all goes back to leadership for me that when I looked at my son and I said, I do not want to be a statistic, um, statistically speaking, right? How do we show what is our role as women and nurturers and how do we show up regardless if you're raising children or not? How are we taught? What is the energy and the culture of what we see in the culture? And yeah, it's about reverse engineering how you want to feel. And without becoming a mother, I would not have learned how to take care of myself so that I can feel whole and aligned and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. My belief system about motherhood is the complete opposite of what we're taught culturally. And that has made me more money and a better leader. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Just, just put the bow on it there. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of your journey and what has led you here. Gosh, we can pull at a lot of strings here. Uh, There's a lot of parallels. Um, Let's start here. 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with brain tumor Mm. after putting my head down and uh, being on a hamster wheel of achievement and the good girl version for me was to achieve. And when I achieved, therefore I felt worthy. And so that, that was academically, athletically, et cetera. And to the point where I took that same mentality that I had as a child into a corporate career and every whisper in the world was there. Don't get me wrong. It was the two by four that hit me across the head, literally and figuratively that knocked me on my ass where I finally said, hold up. What is this all actually for? Where the heck is this even coming from? And started to ask some of the bigger questions in life. Like, what is it that I really want? And this has been an unpacking and I'm still in it. This is a, this is a lifelong journey in my opinion Mm -hmm. um, of really getting to the root of the stories, the conditioning, the culture norms, and seeing beyond them to be able to even feel and experience what's going on in my own body. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, today, um, same with me, I have six-year-old twin girls and being a mom was a, when I birthed my babies, I birthed my business. I finally left corporate America at that point. Enough was enough. And it's been, it's been an absolute ride. So I'm just seeing so many parallels between our lived experience, regardless of how we got here, we're here. And a decade later, similarly, you know, there's just so much to be, to find gratitude for and and just the uncovery of it all. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious for you when these women kept showing up and they kept saying things like, I don't have time for it. I'm burnt out. I'm stressed. Um, what will people think of me? You know, whatever the narrative was behind these women who came to you innately for maybe support around raising babies. And then they realized that they weren't raising themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that 
have really sparked or come out of women starting to do the inner work on themselves first? Um, I mean, it's like what you want. Like I was talking to a woman this morning who has been working with me for a while and she's so logical and cerebral and intellectual and smart, smart and successful. And I said, you're not doing the work. You're running away from yourself. And she's like, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm like, okay, what is your emotional experience? She's like overwhelmed and frustration. And then, so I walk her through this process that I do because my background's also in energy work. And there's like this, I can call people out, but then there's like this softness to me of like, okay, let's talk to the behavior, what's going on. And we got to the overwhelm and she's like, I'm like, why is it here? What does it need from you? And she's like, it's telling me I need, I'm here to help you understand yourself. And I'm like, you, you see overwhelm as part of your identity. Like you actually don't know who you are without it. Like, do you remember a time when you didn't feel chronically overwhelmed? She's like, no, I've always like had this story. I need to work hard for money. I need to work hard for success. I need to work hard. And I'm like, yes. And now you have these children and you're burning out to a crisp to the point where you're going to die. Like something is going to happen to you. And she's like, yeah, you, you could feel this surrender and it's really uncomfortable. I call it emotionally uncomfortable. I don't think things are hard. Um, I actually don't think success is hard or joy is hard. Like, and then there's this, it's just emotionally uncomfortable. You have to feel, but then we get to this point where you're like, okay, like, are you done with overwhelm? Like check the box. Like I don't do overwhelm. I don't do drama. I don't do certain things. Then when those things present in your life, you're like, oh, there you are. Yeah. I don't do you. That's a boundary. So I'll hang out here for 24 hours. I'll figure out why I'm so overwhelmed. Is this like my body trying to tell me something? Is it me not having boundaries with my to-do list? Like what is actually going on here? Okay. Let's pivot and course correct in alignment with how you want to feel. So the relationships get better when you choose that I am done with I am done with this. I am done with this. I am done with this. Like whatever you want. It's very difficult to realize that what you actually desire is a feeling, not the material thing. What you actually desire is something that is an embodiment. It's not the bigger house. It's not more money. Although those things are great and they're going to give you the things. What's the actual feeling that you're after? So, um, once you get the concept and you're working the concept, you're like, are you effing kidding me? This is so much easier. I've been resistant, resistant, push, 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 push. I live my whole life in an identity that I believed was exactly what was going to get me towards what I wanted. And that's not even the truth. Mm. Why do you think as women, we like to wear the hat of it has to be hard in order to be, whether it's, it can be a hundred things, whether it's in order to be successful, in order to be worthy, in order to be insert, whatever it's coming up for you. Mm-hmm. I sense this trend a lot inside myself and then inside a peer group that I, I surround myself with and we'll catch ourselves and we'll have conversations about it. But I'm curious as a, as a woman who's experienced it herself and likely a woman who holds space for a lot of women why do we think it has to be hard all the time? Where, where is the conversation around ease and flow? 
So I think there's multiple things um, and you can go down rabbit holes. So this is also where people are like, but I need to know why, but I need to know why. I don't spend a lot of time in the why. Um, I will spend time in the course correction and the action and implementation. Mm. It could be patriarchy. It could be generational trauma. It could be just a story that you're telling yourself and also how you've grown up, like childhood stuff, but you it's just familiar to you regardless. Then there's biology of like brain science and all of that stuff, but it's like familiar. Like, I don't know who I am without this. And in my own inner work, like I was learning about all of this stuff nine years before my diagnosis. Like I was into personal development. I had mentors and coaches and I attended the retreats. And I'm telling you right now, Jackie, I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I'm walking up. And then the second my diagnosis happened, I literally was like, oh, okay. I've been reading the books, listening to the podcast, having these conversations. Now I need to like, do it. Like you've already, I've always like, why is everybody dying mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? Why, why do women want, like, why have we been taught to like give, give, give to everybody else? I tell the story of, um, in my book about how, when I became a mother, someone told me you, you no longer, you have to buy the cheap shampoo. It's just because I've always invested in my hair and yes, I was young, but I'm like, do you think spending an additional $10 on a bottle of shampoo makes me a bad mother? Like I couldn't understand why that was even being said to me. And I knew that at the time I wasn't doing it to please. I was like, that makes no fucking sense. I'm like, then my hair's nicer then I'm going to be nicer to my kid. So I knew this already, but because of the cultural judgment of women on women, I flat out did not give myself permission because I thought if I do this, I'm going to look like I'm failing as a good mother and on a primal level or a good woman. Mm. And at a, on a primal level, I will be taken out of my circle and my tribe. And as humans, we are hardwired to belong. And that was like a core fear of mine. And then once I I remember slowly, slowly being like, okay, I'm taking myself out of this group. I'm taking myself out of this toxic motherhood. I'm taking myself out of this good woman. I'm ta- like, I could feel myself energetically leaving and it felt so real. And I was like, oh, guess what? Not everyone has left me because I take care of myself now. Not everyone has left me because of whatever. So it's just courage to mm-hmm. feel better and better and better and better. Mm. And for you, I'm curious with your own practice, how do you, how do you continue to become right? So just like, I think about myself, it's, it's, you do, and you do the work, you have lived experience. And, and similarly for me, when you're, when you're on the ground and you're like, all right, that didn't work. That path was no longer, that path is closed. Now it's no longer available for me because I'm now on my ass. And I got to, like, there, there has to be a different way. Mm-hmm. And there was this like multiple years and still in some ways is there of like explore exploration, right? Do the things, put yourself in the environments, the containers, the inner work, the child work, the really go deep into who you are from a psych, like psychoanalysis standpoint. There was so much inner work that got done. 
Mm-hmm. And yet I'm sitting here a decade later and I'm still becoming. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious for you, how do you continue to navigate like, Hey, that might've been past version of self or last year's version of self, but the version I'm becoming says no to that shit or yeah. puts the boundary against that shit. What's that process look like for you? How do you do that for yourself? Yeah. So one, I'll say where I am now, I'm not in such a hurry. Um, to, because I think there, when you first start doing this work, there's a belief that it ends one day. Um, and you're like, oh, when I get here, then like my fear will be gone. And like, I would say I have a more intimate relationship with the emotions that I don't want to feel fear, guilt, shame, overwhelm, um, like very intimate relationship and they're, I'm hanging out with them maybe every day or, or like watching them. Right. Where before you're not taking those actions because, Oh, there's fear. Okay. I'm going to turn the other way. I'm kind of running towards all this stuff now. So I look at it as like, um, you know, like the whole marathon versus a sprint. But to be honest, sometimes I'm like, you're good enough. You do more than the average person. Like if you need to rest or eat the bag of chips, you have not failed. And there's a lot of unhooking yourself from shame too. But my actual, I want to call it a model or focus or belief or goal. I am constantly focused on how do I want to feel? Like that is my thing. I tell people all the time, how do you want to feel? And then that's my North star. Mm. So when I'm working with women and I'll give you a perfect example, somebody came in in the last month, she came in, she's doing the work in the program. And then she also attended a retreat, which is incredibly emotionally uncomfortable for people. I take their cell phones away. They have no access to technology. They can't work in their room by themselves. Like they got to sit with all parts of themselves. And she was so emotionally uncomfortable that it was like the first day she kept going back to her stories and like, her old, we call it the old self. Right. And she's going here, she's going here, she's going here. And she's surrounded by me. She's also surrounded by other women who are further along in the process. And I, I was like, you know, I'm so freaking done with you telling me who you don't want to be. And I'm like, you spend more time. Every time I ask you a question, you go right back into why it won't work and who you are and you know, going down the rabbit hole of psychoanalyzing yourself. And I'm like, are you done? Because it, if I gave you an hour, you just invested 59 freaking minutes out of the 60 into who you don't want to be. And like maybe 60 seconds into your future self. And she's like, you're right. And I'm like, where your energy goes, your energy flows, like, or your attention or whatever the freaking quotes are and sayings is like, are you focused on here in the past? Or are you focused on here in the future? So for the next day, I was like, every single time you bring up why it won't work or your past self, I'm literally going to turn away and walk away from you. I am not, I'm not here for it. And you could see her every minute on the minute being like, she had to train her brain to get here and move focus. So into who she wants to be, how does that future version of yourself look? I want to feel alive and energized. Great. What are her daily habits look like? What does she do when she catches her mind going back into, um, what she doesn't want? How are you going to get yourself back to present and future? How do you want to feel? What does that look like? Act as if, and mm-hmm. this year in particular, cause I think at the root cause of everything, Um, 
I see a lot of lack of deep self-trust. I don't trust my intuition. I don't trust my choices. I don't trust myself. I don't trust my voice, um, all the things. And I asked like, who would you, how would you act if you deeply trusted yourself? Mm -hmm. And I've been saying that to myself a lot lately in this, in this moment, when you have something to do, something to say, what would that version of you look like if she deeply trusted herself now act as if act as if her, then from that response, the data, then you can choose, was that a good choice or not? Did that strategy work? And 10 out of 10 times it's working. So I'm like, okay, if I deeply trust myself, I would do this. I can still tell myself I don't trust myself and go in the past as to why that's not going to work, but I'm just going to test it. And I'm going to be curious, mm. rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Oh, look, I achieved the goal. Oh, look, wow. That was way easier. So that ease and flow that you asked about, mm. that's like, those are feelings. And if you don't like feeling, then you start feeling, you're feeling all the things you didn't feel. You're like overflowing. It's like, we got to reach for the joy. We got to reach for the ease. We got to reach for the flow. Um, it's so much easier. I love this so much. I'm so curious. I can hear it in my old version of self and I can hear it in women that, that I know, which is they'll say that they're feeling and yet they're using language. Like, I think I would feel like, which to me means we're still heady, right? We're still in our head trying to navigate what's actually happening in our bodies. I'm a big energy woo woo girl myself. Like I'm curious for you, how do you help drop, whether it's at a retreat or working one-on-one with somebody, how do you help drop women into their bodies so that for the first time, for some of these women, they actually feel the fullness of their expressions and their emotions and what's actually going on for them. What does that look like? Well, I think we, or is that the magic? Is that like, you got to come to the damn retreat? Well, no, 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 no. I mean, (laughs) there's magic there and there's things that I can tell you, but I think Sometimes we need to feel the contrast and the pain first to realize we are so heady. Like someone can intellectual, like intellectually say that's not a feeling and be like, oh yeah, it's not. But it's like, you got to be done with your bullshit and that pressure cooker to be on example. I want to make more money in my business. Do you really, do you really want to make more money in your business? Because based on your behavior, you don't really want to make more money based on your behavior. You love hanging on to your old self, you love and massaging and having this intimate relationship with your chronic fatigue and overwhelm. Like you love it. You love over nurturing and hanging on to everything. You love perfectionism. You don't really want to make more money. Like be honest. You're scared as fuck. Just be honest. And so you have to take off that mask first. Um, so when I hear people do that, I'm like, okay, close your eyes how do you want to feel? So I asked them two questions. How do you want to feel? They're like alive, energized, confident, confidence, not feeling by the way. So confident. Okay, great. Where is that in your body? Like percentage wise, if your body is a hundred percent, how much is it? They're like, Oh, it's one, 2%. I'm like, where is it? Like, if you know, it's in you, where is it? And sometimes they're like, it's in my baby toe. Like it could be the most random thing does not make logical sense. And I, and then they're like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, and I'm like, where is it? Like, I'll keep asking the question until they will listen. Then we focus our energy and attention there. And we ask it two questions. 
Okay, you want more confidence. All right, confidence. What do you need from me to feel safe in my body to grow? You have to listen. And it may say, you need to quit your job. It may say, you need rest, nature. It may say the most random things. And you're like, what does that mean? That's what I call a breadcrumb. So then you're getting the breadcrumb the evidence, the whisper, the data, then you have to have the courage to act on it. There was a woman, um, she's in my community right now and she owns a nonprofit or she's the founder of a nonprofit. She has this team and her energy is very like all over the place. And I'm like, listen, you are not aligned. You're stressed out. What's going on? And she's like this, this person, this person. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, you don't want to be here, do you? And she's like, I want to opt out of my nonprofit. And I feel shame and embarrassment of building this thing. And it's not aligned. I want to go on my own. I want to speak my truth. I don't want to have this bureaucracy. Um, And then she gave her resignation. She's like, I will hang out with you guys for the next 30 days after that. I'm, I'm a free woman. And her voice was like calm cool, collected. And I'm like, stop answering these questions up here and just ask your quote unquote body or soul, like, show me where I need to go. And then you need to have the courage to act on that thing. And then you take that action. You have that conversation. You do the thing it says, and you see, did it give me more energy? What happened? Most of the time it gives you more energy and you're like, Oh, you might feel tired. You might feel fatigued because that was a big move, a big leap. Mm -hmm. But if you feel like, Ooh, I just invested and put more into my cup. I feel more whole. That was the right move. And then after that, she said, as soon as I had that conversation, that emotionally uncomfortable conversation, I got an email and someone was inviting me on their podcast to talk about X, Y, Z. And I'm like, see, the universe was just making, waiting for you to to make the move. Mm, So true. I love this conversation. There's so many of us who in business, I'm going to use the line. I'll use business or motherhood. Um, but often it's this, like, if I just had the system or if I just had the more money, or if I just invested in this coach and therefore, you know, I go from, six figures to seven figures or whatever, whatever it is we're quote unquote striving for. Mm -hmm. And there's this innate outside object we're trying to achieve, or there's like an achievement loop that we keep going on. What I'm hearing you say, and I just love you to like articulate it through your, through your language is it's not about the fucking seven figures. Mm -hmm. It's like, you haven't actually come back to do the inner work to get clarity here first, to then go into the world and be aligned and speak your truth and continue down whatever path that may be. And in the event of it, seven figures might be available for you. And yet that's not innately the goal. And so I'm curious for you just to walk. That's what I'm hearing. That's the vibe I'm picking up here. I'm just curious to hear it through your lens of the mothers or the executives or the entrepreneurs in the world who are seeking more outside of themselves Mm -hmm. 
for the conversation to actually start with ourselves in order to, to create whatever it is in the outer world we're trying to create. Yes. So there's a, there's a process I take people through and I'll take you through it right now so that you can just do it yourself. And the first question I ask people is, or write this down in your journal, journal prompt, wouldn't it be nice if, so if you're like, wouldn't it be nice if we hit 7 million this year, 7 million, seven figures this year or 7 million, whatever. Let's go with 7 million. I like that number. Wouldn't it be nice if, and your number is there revenue that you want to hit or whatever. Take two minutes. Wouldn't it be nice if do, 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 do. These are desires. Okay. Mm. You can call them goals. You can call it whatever you want, but they're kind of loosey goosey. I'm not asking you, what do you want? That can feel confronting to people. I don't know what I want. What do you desire? Wouldn't it be nice if somebody made me dinner? Wouldn't it be nice if I didn't have to think about this? Wouldn't it? And I do this with my team too. I'll say, wouldn't it be nice if, and I'm thinking about all the things I want my team to do and I write them down. And then I make my team do, wouldn't it be nice list as well? And then we compare and I'm like, oh, that's, that's why you act weird around this. Like, wouldn't it be nice if I had the confidence by doing this? Wouldn't it be nice if I could actually take that off of Heather's plate? So beautiful. You're like, oh, you actually do want to take it off my plate. You just don't know how. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we can create a system. The second thing I do is, okay, now that you have your, wouldn't it be nice list, Take one of those and go, what's the feeling I'm after? What do you think is going to happen when you hit the seven figures? I'm going to feel free. Great. Just write free. Wouldn't it be nice if I could take a month off of work and not stress about it at all and not be worried about my team? Like, it doesn't matter. Wouldn't it be like, what's the thing? Freedom, trust, all the things you have now have your feeling. That's your actual goal is your feeling. Then great. I want to feel free. What do I need to feel free every single day? Well, I feel free when I could just have time flexibility. I feel free when my Mm -hmm. schedule is not packed from boom, boom, boom. I actually have control over certain things right now. So I'm going to try to create that freedom now in every single moment. Like, yes, I could teach you to, you know, feel free in your mind and all the things, but let's just start with the tangibles first, like your actual calendar, or maybe you want to feel free in your body. A lot of people are like, I feel like trapped in my body. Well, okay. What do you need to do? Maybe move your body, maybe fuel your body. Like let's start prioritizing the basics. So now you're filling your cup, yourself, your mind, your body, your soul, your team, all the things with actually the actual feeling that you're already after. Guess what? There comes the seven figures. And you're like, you get there and you're like, oh, oh yeah, this didn't change me, Mm. but I needed it externally to push me. Mm. I like how you, how you're aligning the desire to the feeling, which is the ultimate quote unquote goal. And then moving that towards the actual actions that are supporting you, um, get, get the water. Heather's just having a cough because she's She's speaking her truth so much that the universe is is having her choke on it. (laughs) Um, But the reality is- I'm drinking out of this like gallon thing. I'm into it. It's a big Getting over something, I'm still going to cough. Yeah, it's all good. Um, But I love that lineage of, of, instead of asking the question, what do you want? It's what do you desire? And I love that from a team aspect. I, we're doing an offsite in a month with my team. I'm taking that one because I think it's so, it'll be so impactful for everyone around the team to be able to articulate what they actually desire and reverse engineer. Then once we have our desires and we understand how we want to feel, 
we can reverse engineer a business model around the creation of that. To me, that's the easy part is creating a model. The difficult thing is really getting clarity on every individual on your team as an example, in terms of like really holding space and creating an opening for them to even express what they desire and therefore what they feel. Yeah. And to to feel safe to um, express their desires. I mean, psychological Mm -hmm. safety. I had somebody on my team, she's been with me for over a year. I took her from corporate and I knew there was going to be an identity shift. I was like, employee mindset, government employee mindset to working for an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And it's been personal growth on steroids for her. And she's been up to the challenge. Um, but watching her have that time flexibility and freedom and, uh, testing those boundaries, it's, uh, very, very similar to parenting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Last question here before we get clarity on how and where people can work with you. I saw you post a video and it, it just stuck out to me. It was around receiving wounds and specifically how as women we struggle to receive and we give, give, give to the outer world. And yet from an equal energy exchange, it's like somebody gives us a compliment or somebody hands us something. And I watch in my own body, myself shrink away. I watch myself bypass it. And one of my pieces of work on my inner journey in the last for sure year, if not a little longer is to say thank you and not just say thank you and allow it to bounce off, but to say thank you and allow it to like permeate my body, like get into my body and fully receive it. Yeah. What's going on with us in the world of just not being able to receive. And can we just have an open conversation on receiving wounds for women? I've never met a woman who doesn't have this challenge in some capacity, myself included. Um, I've been in many conversations. I remember one in particular, I was at an event and someone's like, I like your glasses. And I said, thank you. And then I immediately wanted to say how old they were and scratched up and I went, thank you. Oh, uh, and then I just said, thank you. And the woman next to me was like, you caught yourself. I'm so proud of you. And I actually think it creates connection. Like if I see Mm -hmm. another woman stop herself mid deflection, um, I'm like, you gave me something too. I think it goes back to what we've been taught. Um, I mean, there, we could have like a deeper whole podcast on this in general, but we did not grow up with financial literacy skills. We did not grow up even in certain aspects of like feel good and same with men. They're not taught that. Right. And they're, they're maybe statistically making more, but are they doing it from a place of receiving or are they doing it from a place of ego and proving and status? So I think all humans struggle with receiving in most capacities. Um, but when you're seeking fulfillment and wholeness and healing, like that is the inside. So if you are, re- if you are literally deflecting and pushing away intellectually, you might be like, why am I, why is my revenue not increasing? Cause you're freaking pushing away money. 
Why won't my team support me? Because you're pushing away support. Like watch how you do this. But it's emotionally uncomfortable because if I want to take things off my plate, and someone's like, let me do this for you. And my brain goes to, you're not going to do it good enough, or you're not going to do it my way. I'm deflecting, receiving support. So it's not just the compliments. It's not even just, I don't have time to do my walk. I don't have time to take care of myself. If you have capacity to use your problem solver, or your intellectual skills, um, you can say, I may not feel like I have time or capacity, but someone else might be able to do this for me. So when, when it comes to the receiving, this is the beauty of inner work is like, you can see it slow motion. I will replay things in my mind. I will watch it on people. My neighbor's the best for this. I will bring over her cookies almost instantly. She turns, grabs something in her house and she's trying to give it to me. And I can't say to her, I mean, I've tried, but she doesn't get it. I'm like, learn to receive, learn to receive. So if if the shoe's on the other foot and she's bringing it back to me, I'm like, thank you. And then I want to grab something. I'm like, just sit with the discomfort of saying thank you mm-hmm. and not having to throw it back at someone. And then I just sit with my feelings. And to me, that is rapid healing. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you just sit in the discomfort of receiving and eventually the resistance in your body will break and it will permeate through. Love this. I could, we could keep going. There's a whole conversation, another episode on healing that wound as a whole. Heather, I've loved this so much. And I'd love for you to maybe just share a little bit more around how can people get access to you? How can they be in your energy? How can they get coached by you? Yeah. So you can find me a lot on my podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable. Um, and just check out my website, Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com. Um, and check me out on Instagram and send me a DM if there's something that really resonated with you. And yeah, all the information. I say go to the podcast first because usually people go to the podcast and you'll hear on the podcast how you can work with me if you're interested or send me a message on Instagram. Um, but I just tell people the more alive you become, um, that's, that's the secret everyone's looking for parenting, money, business, life, relationships, health, just the more you, you become it's an unlearning. You'll be like, wow, this is so much easier than convincing myself I'm broken. Mm. So grateful for you, for your wisdom, for your time, just spending it with us. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jackie. All right, guys. We'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.